chapter two of mrs craddock by william somerset mom this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva with swinging step bertha returned to the house and like a swarm of birds a hundred amorets flew about her head cupid leapt from tree to tree and shot his arrows into her willing heart her imagination clothed the naked branches with tender green and in her happiness the gray sky turned to azure it was the first time that edward craddock had shown his love in a manner which was unmistakable if before much had suggested that he was not indifferent nothing had been absolutely convincing and the doubt had caused her every imaginable woe as for her she made no effort to conceal it from herself she was not ashamed she loved him passionately she worshipped the ground he trod on she confessed boldly that he of all men was the one to make her happy her life she would give into his strong and manly hands she had made up her mind firmly that craddock should lead her to the altar times without number already had she fancied herself resting in his arms in his strong arms the very thought of which was a protection against all the ills of the world oh yes she wanted him to take her in his arms and kiss her in imagination she felt his lips upon hers and the warmth of his breath made her faint with the anguish of love she asked herself how she could wait till the evening how on earth was she to endure the slow passing of the hours and she must sit opposite her aunt and pretend to read or talk on this subject and on that it was insufferable then inconsequently she asked herself if edward knew that she loved him he could not dream how intense was her desire i'm sorry i'm late for tea she said on entering the drawing-room my dear said miss ley the buttered toast is probably horrid but i don't see why you should not eat cake i don't want anything to eat cried bertha flinging herself on a chair but you're dying with thirst added miss ley looking at her niece with sharp eyes wouldn't you like your tea out of a breakfast cup miss ley had come to the conclusion that the restlessness and the long absence could only be due to some masculine cause mentally she shrugged her shoulders hardly wondering who the creature was of course she thought it's certain to be some one quite ineligible i hope they won't have a long engagement miss ley could not have supported for several months the presence of a bashful and lovesick swain she found lovers invariably ridiculous she watched bertha drink six cups of tea of course those shining eyes the flushed cheeks and the breathlessness indicated some amorous excitement it amused her but she thought it charitable and wise to pretend that she noticed nothing after all it's no business of mine she thought and if bertha is going to get married at all it would be much more convenient for her to do it before next quarter day when the browns give up my flat miss ley sat on the sofa by the fireside a woman of middle size very slight 
with a thin and much wrinkled face of her features the mouth was the most noticeable not large with lips that were a little too thin it was always so tightly compressed as to give her an air of great determination but there was about the corners an expressive mobility contradicting in rather an unusual manner the inferences which might be drawn from the rest of her person she had a habit of fixing her cold eyes on people with a steadiness that was not a little embarrassing they said miss ley looked as if she thought them great fools and as a matter of fact that usually was her precise opinion her thin gray hair was very plainly done and the extreme simplicity of her costume gave a certain primness so that her favorite method of saying rather absurd things in the gravest and most decorous manner often disconcerted the casual stranger she was a woman who one felt had never been handsome but now in middle age was distinctly prepossessing young men thought her somewhat terrifying till they discovered that they were to her a constant source of amusement while elderly ladies asserted that she was a little queer you know aunt polly said bertha finishing her tea and getting up i think you should have been christened martha or matilda i don't think polly suits you my dear you need not remind me so pointedly that i'm forty-five and you need not smile in that fashion because you know i'm really forty-seven i say forty-five merely as a round number in another year i shall call myself fifty a woman never acknowledges such a nondescript age as forty-eight unless she's going to marry a widower with seventeen children i wonder why you never married aunt polly said bertha looking away miss ley smiled almost imperceptibly finding bertha's remark highly significant my dear she said why should i i had five hundred a year of my own ah yes i know it's not what might have been expected i'm sorry for your sake that i had no hopeless amour the only excuse for an old maid is that she has pined thirty years for a lover who is buried under the snowdrops or has married another bertha made no answer she was feeling that the world had turned good and wanted to hear nothing that could suggest imperfections in human nature suddenly there had come over the universe a sunday-school air which appealed to her better self going upstairs she sat at the window gazing towards the farm where lived her heart's desire she wondered what edward was doing was he awaiting the night as anxiously as she it gave her quite a pang that a sizable hill should intervene between herself and him during dinner she hardly spoke and miss ley was mercifully silent bertha could not eat she crumbled her bread and toyed with the various meats put before her she looked at the clock a dozen times and started absurdly when it struck the hour she did not trouble to make any excuse to miss ley whom she left to think as she chose the night was dark and cold bertha slipped out of the side door with a delightful feeling of doing something venturesome but her legs would scarcely carry her she had a sensation that was entirely novel 
never before had she experienced that utter weakness of the knees so that she feared to fall her breathing was strangely oppressive and her heart beat almost painfully she walked down the carriage drive scarcely knowing what she did she had forced herself to wait indoors till the desire to go out became uncontrollable and she dared not imagine her dismay if there was no one to meet her when she reached the gate it would mean he did not love her she stopped with a sob ought she not to wait longer it was still early but her impatience forced her on she gave a little cry craddock had suddenly stepped out of the darkness oh i'm sorry he said i frightened you i thought you wouldn't mind my coming this evening you're not angry she could not answer it was an immense load off her heart she was extremely happy for then he did love her and he feared she was angry with him i expected you she whispered what was the good of pretending to be modest and bashful she loved him and he loved her why should she not tell him all she felt it's so dark he said i can't see you she was too deliriously happy to speak and the only words she could have said were i love you i love you she moved a step nearer so as to touch him why did he not open his arms and take her in them and kiss her as she had dreamt that he would kiss her but he took her hand and the contact thrilled her her knees were giving way and she almost tottered what's the matter he said are you trembling i'm only a little cold she was trying with all her might to speak naturally nothing came into her head to say you've got nothing on he said you must wear my coat he began to take it off no she said then you'll be cold oh no i shan't what he was doing seemed to her a marvel of unselfish kindness she was beside herself with gratitude it's awfully good of you edward she whispered almost tearfully when he put it round her shoulders the touch of his hands made her lose the little self-control she had left a curious spasm passed through her and she pressed herself closer to him at the same time his hands sank down dropping the cloak and encircled her waist then she surrendered herself entirely to his embrace and lifted her face to his he bent down and kissed her the kiss was such utter madness that she almost groaned she could not tell if it was pain or pleasure she flung her arms round his neck and drew him to her what a fool i am she said at last with something between a sob and a laugh she drew herself a little away though not so violently as to make him withdraw the arm which so comfortably encircled her but why did he say nothing why did he not swear he loved her why did he not ask what she was so willing to grant she rested her head on his shoulder do you like me at all bertha he asked i've been wanting to ask you almost ever since you came home can't you see she was reassured she understood that it was only timidity that clogged his tongue you're so absurdly bashful you know who i am bertha and he hesitated and what foolish boy she nestled still more closely to him and your miss ley of court lays while i'm just one of your tenants with nothing whatever to my back 
i've got very little she said and if i had ten thousand a year my only wish would be to lay it at your feet bertha what do you mean don't be cruel to me you know what i want but as far as i can make out she said laughing you want me to propose to you oh bertha don't laugh at me i love you i want to ask you to marry me but i haven't got anything to offer you and i know i oughtn't don't be angry with me bertha but i love you with all my heart she cried i want no better husband you can give me happiness and i want nothing else in the world then he caught her again in his arms quite passionately and kissed her didn't you see that i loved you she whispered i thought perhaps you did but i wasn't sure and i was afraid that you wouldn't think me good enough oh yes i love you with all my heart i never imagined it possible to love a person as i love you oh eddie you don't know how happy you have made me he kissed her again and again she flung her arms around his neck oughtn't you to be going in he said at last what will miss ley think oh no not yet she cried how will you tell her do you think she'll like me she'll try and make you give me up oh i'm sure she'll love you besides what does it matter if she doesn't she isn't going to marry you she can take you abroad again and then you may see someone you like better but i'm twenty-one to-morrow edward didn't you know and i shall be my own mistress i shan't leave blackstable till i'm your wife they were walking slowly towards the house whither he in his anxiety lest she should stay out too long had guided her steps they went arm in arm and bertha enjoyed her happiness dr ramsay is coming to luncheon to-morrow she said and i shall tell them both that i'm going to be married to you he won't like it said craddock rather nervously i'm sure i don't care if you like it and i like it the rest can think as they choose i leave everything in your hands he said they had arrived at the portico and bertha looked at it doubtfully i suppose i ought to go in she said wishing edward to persuade her to take one more turn round the garden yes do he said i'm so afraid you'll catch cold it was charming of him to be so solicitous about her health and of course he was right everything he did and said was right for the moment bertha forgot her wayward nature and wished suddenly to subject herself to his strong guidance his very strength made her feel curiously weak good-night my beloved she whispered passionately she could not tear herself away from him it was utter madness their kisses never ended good-night she watched him at last disappear into the darkness and finally shut the door behind her End of chapter 2